Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ask Wardy episode 24. I want to welcome everyone who's here with me live on Periscope. You're very special to me, and you make this really fun to do each week. I look forward to it, but not to leave anybody out, because I know we have lots of traditional cooking school readers and members who check this out later on iTunes, YouTube, or at AskWardy.tv. So welcome to all of you as well. Within 24 hours of this airing live, I will have the show notes ready for you at tradcookschool.com slash 024. That's for episode 24. And today's question is about kombucha. It's from Melina S. And she says about kombucha, what if it seems too sweet and not fizzy enough at all? What if the new scoby is sometimes quite thin rather than thick? <laughs> okay, so good questions. And if you got my email this morning or you're seeing the graphic that goes along with this, um, this Ask Wardy episode, you know I paraphrase, paraphrase Melina's question the way I would say it if I was in her shoes, and it's, help, my kombucha is too sweet and not fizzy at all, because <laughs> that's just a tragedy with kombucha, right? You don't want too sweet kombucha, and you definitely want fizz, and you want your SCOBY to be growing. So Melina, these are really common things that come up with kombucha, so we're going to tackle them one at a time. Before I dive into that, I want to thank everybody who's here tapping the screen and giving me lots of hearts. I appreciate that. If you want to give hearts for kombucha too, that's okay. And thanks, you know, you guys make this fun for being here and just thank you. Okay, so let's go through Melina's um, issues here. First, I just want to get everybody on the same page, which is what is kombucha? Kombucha is um, an amazing fermented beverage. You take, you take very sweet tea and you introduce a culture that's called a SCOBY, and the SCOBY is an acronym uh, that stands for Symbiotic Colony of Bacteria and Yeast. So it's a culture of bacteria and yeast together, and it kind of looks like this uh, <laughs> seafood-like flat mushroom disc, and it actually grows to fit the dimensions of whatever the container is. So if you had a a quart-sized jar, your disc would grow to a quart-sized jar. If you use a gallon-sized jar, it's going to grow to the width of the gallon-sized jar. If you use a big um, continuous brew, like ceramic canister, like the one we have at home, it's going to grow to that width. So it just grows out. It also grows up and down. And new, new SCOBY, as it's eating the sweet tea, forms on top. And so it gets thicker by new growth that happens on top. So that's how it grows. Well, I said up and down, but it's not really growing down. It's growing from the top and that's pushing down on it. So it grows thicker. Um, and what happens when you put that SCOBY together with your sweet tea is the bacteria and yeast eat the sugar that's in your sweet tea. And as a result, they produce um, a probiotic beverage. So it's a beverage infused with beneficial organisms. It also has high concentration of beneficial acids. Um, and it reduces the sweetener so you're not getting the sweetness. So it's probiotic, 
um, beneficial acids. It's refreshing. It can be dehydrating. So I want everybody to make sure if you're drinking kombucha to have plenty of water in your diet. It also can have medicinal and very detoxing properties. So if you are compromised at all with your immune system or your gut health, you don't want to drink it like and gush it like or guzzle it like you would soda because it may be too much for you. So, you know, as with anything, moderation is the key. Even health foods can be unhealthy if they're consumed too much. So everybody really let your body be your guide to how much you consume. It does have a small amount of alcohol too. So um, there are people who won't drink it for, this, for that reason. And that's, you know, totally a decision that's within the realm of everyone's personal choice. We honor that. Um, but if you do drink it, um, just recognize it does have a small bit of alcohol in it. And that's a natural byproduct of the fermentation. All right, so that's what kombucha is. Um, it's a fermented beverage. It starts with sweet tea. The culture, called the SCOBY, does the work, consumes the sugars, and it produces acids, probiotics. It also produces gas because it gives off gas um, as it's fermenting and consuming those sugars. And that's, what you, that's where you end up with the fizziness of kombucha. So Melina's questions. Uh, the first part of it really is it seems too sweet. So I'm going to deal with the sweet first. So how could your kombucha be too sweet? Well, normal brewing time for kombucha in fairly warm temperatures, I'm talking about warmer than room temperature, like maybe mid 70s to 80s, could be like five to seven days, depending on how long you let it go. The longer you let it go, the more sugar is reduced, the more acidic and sour it becomes. So five to seven days, but up to two weeks. It depends on temperature, the strength of the culture, how um, used the SCOBY is to the particular sugar source. So you've got a lot of factors there, but a week to two weeks really. So how could it be too sweet? Let's just say Melina, um, well, I'm not going to assume anything about the length of fermentation. I'm just going to introduce some factors here. So um, number one, it hasn't fermented long enough. You need to give it longer um, because maybe your room temperature is cold. And so it's just not enough time for it to ferment at that temperature. Number two, um, it's just not fermenting. Like maybe the SCOBY, it's a new SCOBY to you and it was used to a different sugar source or a different tea. And so it really isn't got into the groove yet of whatever you're feeding it. And so it's not really fermenting efficiently yet. And that just takes time. Um, I guess I already said it needs longer. Okay. Um, Finally, the SCOBY might be too small for the amount of tea you're putting it in. And because you say said, um, what if the new SCOBY is sometimes quite thin rather than thick? So you're talking about the new growth on the SCOBY that's thin? Well, it, it, it is very thin. So it'll grow a little bit with every batch. But if overall your SCOBY is too thin, it, it might be um, too little SCOBY for the amount of tea. So you'd want to review that. And I'll talk a little bit more about solutions for that in a bit. Just right now I'm talking about issues. Okay, so the second issue is it's not fizzy at all. Well, this is closely related to it's too sweet because fizz doesn't happen until the culture consumes the sugar because the culture consumes the sugar, produces gases, that produces the fizz, right? So they're closely related. So if your kombucha is um, not fermented enough, if the SCOBY... Um, is too small for the culture, you're not going to get fizz. So here are some of the issues with how could it not be fizzy. Number one, it's not fermenting. Again, this is the same thing. So if it's not used to the sugar source or the tea, or um, it's not warm enough, 
If the SCOBY is not fermenting the sweet tea, you're not going to get fizz. Um, if it isn't, um, you know, if it needs more time, it's not going to get fizz. Also, you're not going to get fizz. I mean, the organisms, it might be fermenting. The SCOBY might be fermenting the sweet tea, but you're not going to get fizz if it's not an airtight container because fizz means the gases that are produced are building up and not releasing. But if you're in an open air container, those gases are going to be popping out into the air, right? So no fizz. Um, so you also have to look at what container it's in. And you can, I mean, you can say if it's, well, let me put it this way. One way to evaluate the fizz is by closing up the container to see if it does build up fizz. Um, you can't really say it's not fizzy if it's an open air container, because it might be. Of course, if you have other things going on, like it's still too sweet, so it's not fermenting, then it's likely it's not fizzy. But the, the fizz thing, the true test of fizz, is going to be a closed container. And once again, uh, the SCOBY. If the SCOBY is too small for the amount of sweet tea, you're not only going to have it not reducing the sweetness, but you're not going to get fizz, because the fizz, again, is a byproduct of uh, the SCOBY eating the sugar. So if it's not eating the sugar, it's not producing fizz. A lot of this is so circular because it's so closely related because it's a chain reaction. So I probably sound like I'm repeating myself, but that's because you can't, you can't totally separate all these symptoms and solutions out because it's this beautiful biological process where one thing leads to another and this is closely related to that. <laughs> I appreciate the hearts because I, I, I think um, you guys are getting it. <laughs> All right, or at least forgiving me for seeming repetitive. All right, so now let's talk about how to fix this, Melina. So some solutions for you, and I don't know what the issue is. I've suggested potential like this could be it, this could be it, this could be it for both problems, too sweet and no fizz. So here are some fixes. You're going to have to evaluate what to start with. <clears throat> Number one, Reduce the volume of sweet tea. So this would be the solution if the SCOBY is too small, actually, for the quantity of sweet tea. So reduce the quantity of sweet tea so that the SCOBY can be very efficient and its size is directly suited to the amount of sweet tea you're expecting it to ferment and turn into kombucha. I, you know, I talked about how SCOBY is that disc. Well, I like to see at least a half inch thick, maybe three quarter inch thick SCOBY for a gallon of um, kombucha or gallon of sweet tea, so in a gallon container. So half to one inch thick SCOBY for that quantity. So if your SCOBY is thinner, do less, do less sweet tea. Um, and so what you're going to do is do a batch with less sweet tea and the SCOBY will grow because it'll be more suited to the quantity you're expecting it to brew. And as it grows over time and gets thicker, you could then increase the volume of sweet tea you're expecting it to brew. Um, another thing you can do with your kombucha is to warm it up while it's fermenting. So this would be if you think it's too cool, because if it's too cool, it's just not going to be as fast or efficient. And you could even, you know, get some mold or some spoiling happening. So warm it up while it's fermenting. Some ways to do that is to put your jars on a seedling mat. You could put them on a refrigerator or next to a fireplace. So basically a warm location. You could wrap it in towels. Um, my, my local friend, Jamie, uh, years ago, she lived in a house where, um, there was a heater vent right next to the kitchen and she put one of those wire baking racks right over the heating vent and the bottom shelf was devoted to kombucha. 
And that's because all the heat that she would use, you know, to heat the house, the first place it would go is those jars of kombucha. And her kombucha brewed so fast. She was one where three to five days in the kombucha was done because it was so nice and toasty. The warmth just sped it up. And if by chance your SCOBY is not is new to you and it's not used to the sugar source or the tea and it needs some acclimation, warmth helps the SCOBY transition. So it not only just speeds up the efficiency of the overall production of kombucha, but if you have a new SCOBY that you're trying to acclimate, or if you've got a SCOBY that you're trying to adjust to a different kind of sugar, anyway, if you're transitioning at all, warmth is just only going to help that happen better. Another thing you can do, my final suggestion, is to get a new SCOBY. So if you conclude that this one is just not growing, it's not working, you could get a new one. And I do recommend starting with live. I know there are dehydrated ones out there. And in traditional cooking school, I actually teach, you know, when to if you don't get a SCOBY from a friend, we have instructions to rehydrate a dehydrated SCOBY. But for the best chance of success and just to be off to the races as fast as possible, a live one is great. And I love the live SCOBY that comes from Get Kombucha. And at the show notes for this, tradcookschool.com slash 024, I'll include a link for you to the uh, live SCOBY that's available on amazon.com. You might also have a friend or family member that can loan you a SCOBY. I mean, they're pretty prolific. We have a post at Traditional Cooking School about a SCOBY hotel, which often happens to those of us who are brewing lots of kombucha and it's just really healthy, is that you end up with a gallon jar and you've just got all these, you know, all these SCOBYs building up and they're just living in there. That's what we call it, a SCOBY hotel. It's pretty funny. Okay, so um, just to wrap this up, that's the troubleshooting for kombucha being too sweet and not fizzy at all. And I hope that was helpful. I have time to take a couple questions from anybody in the live audience here about this topic. For other kind of traditional cooking questions, you'll of course want to submit them. Twitter using the handle, the hashtag AskWardy, or you can email Wardy, W-A-R-D-E-E, at AskWardy.tv. And while you guys are typing your questions, if you have any, let me remind you that if you're interested in more about fermenting, I have a free gift for you. It's a fermenting formulas cheat sheet. We have formulas for all kinds of ferments, beverages, krauts, chutneys, salsas, um, all kinds of things. Just formulas like if you want to do a quart of a relish, you need this much vegetables, this much culture, this much salt, etc. <clears throat> so you can pick that up for free at tradcookschool.com slash ferment cheat, one word, ferment cheat. I mean, sorry, ferment sheet. <laughs> it's a cheat sheet. So it's tradcookschool.com ferment sheet. Okay. A question just came in. I didn't catch your name, but do you only use black tea for uh, kombucha? I actually use a blend. At, I mean, at times I change, I've done just green. I've done just black. I like white tea because you end up with the least um, caffeine. If you do white tea, I've read I could be wrong about that. I might be misremembering that. But I, my best is a blend of black, white, and green or black and green. They have a great flavor. Um, it really doesn't matter. You could do rooibos. You could do herb tea. Every tea that you use changes the nutritional properties slightly. And I have a previous podcast. You can look at knowyourfoodpodcast.com and go back in the archives or search at traditionalcookingschool.com for Get Kombucha, because on Know Your Food with Wardy podcast, I talked with Dave from GetKombucha.com, and at length we spoke about uh, the best tea blends for kombucha, so there's a lot more information there. 
Carrie is saying, is there a good way to do a flavoring secondary ferment to get more fizz? Well, the key to more fizz is um, the additional sugar that you put in the second ferment. And then, of course, you'll want to use those soda pop style Grolsch bottles to, you know, they're good and strong to prevent explosions. And... Um, and they're really tight, so you can build up that fizz. I do have a previous Ask Warty, so just go to askwarty.tv into the archives. It was just a couple episodes ago where I talked about a second ferment of kombucha, building up fizz, and using bottles. Thank you, Megan, for answering that question in the comments, which was, can you use rooibos tea? Yes, you can. Any other questions before we, before we go here? So wonderful to have you all here. I really appreciate it. I feel like I've been um, frazzled all morning and I'm finally like, oh, <laughs> can calm down a little bit. How much sugar would you put in a 2F? I don't know what a 2F is, so you have to clarify. When to refrigerate? Well, you re when you refrigerate, it like stops the fermentation. So if you've bottled your kombucha second fermentation, and you've, it's been out for a couple days, that's when you would then move it to the refrigerator to just stop the ferment right at that point. But you can also refrigerate first ferment because that will then hold the first ferment from getting more sour. Because even if you take the SCOBY out of your first ferment and you left it at room temperature, it will turn more and more vinegary over time. So second or first, you know, put it in the fridge when you're happy. Okay, so back to how much SCOBY would you use Okay, well, I, I'm sorry, how, um, how much sugar would you use for a second ferment? Okay, that was the question. Um, well, we use dried fruit, so I do, you know, like the equivalent of four or five dried cherries in every bottle. We cut them up into quarter pieces to reveal more of the sugar that's inside, and you just play with that. You don't need a lot, but if you're using fresh fruit, um, fresh fruits pretty much only has enough sugar to do a second ferment for one day because it's not as concentrated as fruit juice or dried fruit. So just play with it. I'm getting a thanks so much. I love your cooking school and you. God bless you. Thank you so much. I love you too and God bless you too. All right, everyone. Well, I'm going to wrap up here and say goodbye and God bless you and I'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy. Or send an email to wardy at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app, or go to periscope.tv slash TradCookSchool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, Go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.